All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I didn't realize that she talked for that long, and I was about to say, third time is the charm for Tyler. We got a brand new soundboard this week. It's very exciting. It's got colors popping out of it. It looks like a synthesizer. Tyler, I imagine, now can launch his rap career, make some beats. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. For like an audio nerd, this is the coolest damn thing I've ever yeah, purchased got, in my life. Like a little, little it's got a touch screen on the top. You the don't even action. need a computer to record from it. And this is going to be the most exciting part. We can build in sound clips. So we got like... <laughs> oh, yeah. This podcast is going to become infinitely more unbearable. It should, is. We, should we explain where we are, you guys? Like, are we... Uh, we're just going to let people assume that they're listening to the ON Radio podcast brought yeah. to you by Skip the Dishes. This is the I was Dan, um, Dan sitting over there thinking I was going to skip the advertisement, but I'm not. I am going to let you all know that Skip the Dishes is a place where you can order food and have it delivered to your house. As Bag Milk would say, stranger danger, stranger danger. I do not like leaving my house and making eye contact with people and interacting with others. I like it when somebody brings me Wendy's or Arby's. Chopped leaf. Oodle noodle, chopped leaf, Dairy Queen, maybe a donair to my home. Mucho burrito. Yeah, I got no mucho bur- burrito yeah, on mucho there. Mucho burrito. Just throwing out all libre. these restaurants that are yeah. paying us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But skip the dishes skip is, the dishes. and you can get all those restaurants there. So basically, the main the main crux of the thing is, is if you want to order some food, if I made you hungry by listing off what could potentially be your favorite place to get food, just there in that little tangent, 
you should go on the Skip the Dishes app immediately and order some food and have it delivered to your house. Sweet. So it's episode 45 of the ON Radio podcast. It's the... Uh, you it's aren't the, uh, hearing bag milk right now. Because it is the Three Amigos edition this week. It is the Three Amigos edition. Like bag that. milk got fired. Nope. Um, Tyler Uremchuk <laughs> is sitting directly across from me. We are not in our normal studio. We're no, not. We, we went upstairs. We were kicked out of downstairs. There's important meetings going on. They said they had important meetings, but there was like no one in there every time I went to the room. Well, that's just because we're generally annoying, I think. Yeah. I, I don't, don't like mind. I, I kind of like being up here. I mean, Me too. I'm in my comfortable spot. I can put my legs up. These seats recline. I like it. I find down there the table's higher, so it's more difficult to like lean back and put your legs up, whereas this table's low enough that I can lean back in my chair and put my legs on the table. I like that a lot. I think our listeners just all collectively said first world problems all at once. That was amazing. That's oh, supposed okay. to be crickets, but that's no, the worst crickets ever. What's the ever. other one you have there? The just blue button. Have that one. Wait. Crickets playing through the entire podcast. Here's the blue button on our hotkeys. We are back. We are back. We yeah. are. We, 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 we are so back. We apologize for all the uh, random sound interjections, but but Tyler's excited this week. We got a new soundboard. Random sound interjections brought to you by Skip the Dishes. We've got a brand new Edmonton Oiler in the mix since we last recorded the podcast. The real Tyler, deal. Tyler Uremchuk had the brilliant idea of starting to record on Thursdays last week. And then what happened on Friday, Tyler? The Oilers traded Milan Lucic for James Neal right when we would have been recording our <laughs> no, podcast. To be fair, the trade happened at what, like 2.30? We've been finished already. 1.30 is when it started breaking. We would have is been it? smack dab in oh, the middle of it. Like, Could you yeah. imagine? That would have been wild. would have been, been fun for people to listen to. I think there was there was a lot of buzz in the room that day. Oh, It was, uh, a, it was, a, it was a real like lazy and boring Friday. It was like 1 o'clock. I was like, I think I might leave. And go to the outdoor yeah, pool. Yeah, you did say that. Right? I was, yeah, I was like getting, I was like packing up my stuff and I was like, I'm out of here. And then it just kind of happened. And we were like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden there was just like a big energy and we were all fired up. And then me and Bag Milk and Jay cracked open some cold ones and, and drank them. Celebrate. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I had to go home. Oh. So. Yeah, you weren't, were you, were you, you were here. You were here I was here when home. it happened. Yeah, you were here when it happened. I will say one thing, Coom, that I, that I noticed from the assessment right after the trade. I think it's the first time that I've ever heard you be just over the moon happy about a deal that the Oilers have made. Yeah. Now, I've only known you since 2017, so it's only been Shirelli era trades and deals to mark off of. But This is the first time the Oilers have executed a trade or really made a roster decision in quite some time that I've been ecstatic about. Like, there's been moves that they've made where I've been like, that's fine. Like, they, you know, like, drafting Evan Bouchard, drafting, um, like, that kind of thing. Okay, fair enough. Like, uh, uh, trading for, like, Patrick Maroon. Like, oh, that's, like, a solid thing. But this was, like, holy shit. The Oilers are on the winning end of, like, a one-for-one deal. This could be, like, an absolute fleecing. They could make the Flames look stupid. This is the kind of thing where Flames fans could be, like, Brad Trilliving needs to get fired. Not even make them stupid for just one year or just two years or just three years, but four years. It could be four years of this Lucci show. Maybe they buy him out in two years. And for the next like six seasons, we get to laugh and laugh and laugh at the Calgary Flames because Milan Lucci is their problem now. Like it was, it was so nice just like rolling around Twitter and everyone's like, yeah, this happened. This is good. I don't have to like sit there and watch like stop being negative. Let's look for reasons that this might actually be a smart thing yeah. and do some like real 3D chess mental gymnastics. This is just like straight up good i honestly cannot see this not working out for the oilers and it is so nice to say that i think a nice feeling 
And I think it's crazy too. And you, Ramchuk, you kind of touched on it there. Is like for us, the deal means that we don't have to worry about that expansion draft anymore. Yeah, that's huge. We don't lose. Yeah. We don't have to protect him now. I, in my tin foil hat system, believe that True Living negotiated that Lucic will just agree to waive the. You have to, the and I think he might have anyways for that part of for that part of the deal. Yeah. Now they the least or the Flames. Jason Greger did get that they that they uh, they did agree to honor the no movement clause. But anyways, I think I think we can all agree around the table that it was an amazing deal for the Oilers. I don't think the Flames are going to have to uh, honor the no movement clause. They're going to yeah. have a good that contract itself is a no movement clause. Yeah, Fair enough. it's it's. I remember like because the, the the big one that we were talking about that we all expected to happen was like a James Neal Louis Erickson swap, and we were talking ourselves into Louis Erickson, who's you mean Lucic. Yeah, sorry. Milan Lucic, Louis Erickson swapped to Vancouver. Vancouver wanted to get tougher, uh, protect Elias Pettersson, kids like that. And Lucic from Vancouver, it makes some sense. But Louis Erickson, he's you know he's in his mid thirties, yeah. and it was it's pretty hard to visualize Louis Erickson rebounding. Whereas with James Neal, it's like man, like literally one year ago to this day, we all would have been ecstatic if the Oilers signed James Neal to the exact contract that Calgary signed him to. To like jump in Edmonton's top six and really give them like a like a trigger man who can score some goals, put on a power play. And now, I mean, beyond just getting rid of Lucic, like I'm not going to say that James Neal is going to go and score 30 goals next year, but there's like a, there's an option in the top six now that's like a like a veteran proven NHL score, which is exciting to have. And that's a great that's a great leeway into my next point. There, Coom is uh, is what are our expectations for James Neal? I know on the real life podcast this week, one the Squire guaranteed. That they were that he's going to get twenty goals this year. What do we uh, What do we think of that, Tyler? If I was setting an over under for my expectations, it would be twenty and a half goals. Twenty and a half. Okay. Yeah, like I I just look at his career. I think he's still young enough where he has a couple more good seasons left in him. I think of the fact that this is that last season was the first time his shooting percentage was ever below ten percent, five percent. Yeah, like his the only other time he like, shot that bad was when he first got traded to the Penguins. In 20 games, he scored one goal and he shot 1.9%. Exactly. So that's another anomaly, right? Like every time he's struggled a little bit, it's more or less been an anomaly and he's bounced back and continued to put up productive seasons. And there was a stretch at the beginning of last season, I think, where he was playing with Monaghan and Goudreau and he scored like four points in the first 10 games. If he's playing with skill and scoring at a four points every 10 games pace with the Oilers, I mean, he's going to get you probably around 40 points doing that, right? That's not exact math, but it's close enough. I'd be thrilled if he could do exactly what he did in Las Vegas, which was 71 games, 25 goals, 19 assists for 44 points. If he scores 25 goals, Oilers fans will get his name tattooed on their asses collectively. Would you do that? As one group, we would band together. I think I I I said it when when the clauses came out on the draft pick there that Oiler fans would be over the moon if we... Because what, it, what, what has to happen round. is for the Flames to get a third-round pick from the Oilers, Neil has to score more than 20 goals, and he has to score 10 more than Lucic. That's what yeah, so he has scored more than 20, and Lucic basically scored less than 10. Or if Neil scores 30 and Lucic scores 20. But even if that happens, even <laughs> if Neil scores 30 and Lucic scores 20, you will still not ever hear an Oilers fan complain about you it. You added 10 goals to the lineup. Yeah, it's one of those clauses where you're like, fuck yeah, Holland. That's a, that's a cool bet have because because if it turns out nobody's upset about it okay nobody's upset about giving from another perspective i i really want to take kind of the flames fan perspective on this or the flames supporter perspective 
How do you wrap your head around this decision if you're a fan of the Calgary Flames? Tyler Remchuk nailed it two weeks ago, was it? We were talking about, Neil? Yeah. That you said, like, the only way it makes sense is if the coach had lost faith in Neil as being To a the top point guy. where he, like, did not want him on the team yeah. and was like, out, no Why more. Why not just buy him out then? Well, because, because, you, because when you get Lucic, you get a guy that potentially fits a fourth-line, third-line role. Of a guy that, but the, the, the that thing is, is like you could buy out Neil and he cost you something. I think it was like 1.8 mil for like yeah. seven years. That's ugly, but it's 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 palatable. And you do that, and then you go out and you sign your 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 fourth liner for like two mil a year for two years or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know why, what you're what you're doing. You sign Garnet Hathaway for 900k and bring him back, right? But I think the Flames fan, if you were really trying to make the case that this was an all right deal for the Flames, what you would be saying is. James Neal was only going to be in our bottom six. We got pushed around a little bit by Colorado. We need to be tougher, especially with guys like Johnny Goudreau in the lineup. I know you also have Matt Kachuk up there, but, I mean, that didn't do much against Colorado. Um, so Lucic is a much better fourth liner than James Neal ever will be. We got to pay one of them a ton of money. We already know Neal doesn't work in our top six, and he's going to be a bottom six winger. So let's go get the bot- better bottom six guy. Um, I think... And you're going to get a third round pick, I guess. And Lucic is only a $525,000, or sorry, $5.25 million player now because he always retained money. So there's that as well, I guess. They, Yeah, I mean, the Flames they, the Flames must see something in Lucic where they're like, okay, you can be effective. But to me, it just seems like it's such an aggressive pill to swallow for what he can provide. Yeah, fair enough. It's such a... It's just such a massive gamble to take. I really think what you could get out of Lucic, you could get just adding somebody else on kind of like the depth bin in free agency. It's it's a weird thing for me. Fair enough. I think uh, myself and listeners uh, were most sad about seeing Lucic go because uh, there's no more Lucic goal draft. RIP yeah, the Lucic goal draft. That was a lot of fun last year. I was, it was a lot like, of fun for me. It wasn't very much fun for you guys. I wasn't guys, involved. I had one guys, goal. None of you guys knew what you were doing. And it was sad <laughs> to watch. It was embarrassing. I have one goal. And I mopped that up. We had a lot of fun with the draft, like picking the picking the games and then trash talking yeah. each other. Uh, yeah, you're right. The results were terrible. The, the, it was just the... I can so vividly remember the uh, the first goal that he scored the night when I went out and I saw a Transformers a Bumblebee movie. You weren't and even watching My phone's the game. like buzzing like crazy, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you guys like shut the fuck up!" And then I go and check my phone, and I see it, and I'm like, "Absolutely, yeah. there it is, right there." And then, this, then the other game that I went to, the Buffalo two. Sabres one, buries two while I'm in the audience, and I end up on the jumbotron. It's one of the most exciting nights of my life. We are back. <laughs> so sh- so I guess the question I posed uh, the day of the trade was. Do we think we should do a James Neal goal draft? I think we should do a James Neal hat-trick draft, baby. Oh, 50 man. and 1920. Wow. That's, uh, so we're drafting hat-trick games? Yep. That's bold. <laughs> we'll see what we can do with it. We'll see if we can come up with something. How many hat-tricks James Neal have last year? Probably none. I would imagine <laughs> none. He only scored like seven <laughs> goals. He only scored seven, yeah. I don't... But uh, yeah, all right, fair enough. So uh, as always, the... ON Radio Podcast. I almost call this the Real Life Podcast. The ON mm-hmm. Radio Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Sherwood Ford. Coom, what exciting things are coming to us from Sherwood Ford? Sherwood Ford, I don't know if you guys are aware of something called the Nation Truck. It is I've a, heard of it. I've seen pictures a, of it. Uh, Tyler, have you seen that thing? Yeah. Have you ever heard, hear us talk about it? Yep. You see it around town mm-hmm. sometimes. It's a big honking pickup truck, an absolute unit. 
with Oilers Nation decals all over it is very cool. It's very noticeable, very exciting. It's a commercial vehicle, so you can park it wherever the hell you want. It's nice. I see Jay parking that thing in, in front of, um, in like a loading zone of the pine, <laughs> leaving it there say, for like six hours. Legal disclaimer, I don't think we can no, park I, it anywhere. We just, none of this is accurate. Jay sometimes I'm just making things up. You know, it's it's, it's hard for me to do the advertisements because I lose track of what I'm saying very quickly. I don't have much of a brain. But anyway, so uh, the nation truck, where I was going with this <laughs> was we are hosting a golf tournament. What the, day? It is the 29th of August. Nice. I'll be there. Tyler will be there. Dan will be there. It'll be fun. It'll are be you, golf. Are you golfing, Tyler? Hell yeah. Nice. Who are you golfing with? Uh, I think I'm golfing with the guys from Japa. How did you, you end up in that situation? They wanted you to come golfing they, with they, them? They, they, I, don't, I don't know. I are asked, you sure you're not a caddy? I was talking to Jay and I was like, hey man, am I going to get to golf in the golf tournament? He's like, yeah man, we'll put you with the guys from Japa. I was like, all right, cool. I are you really good oh, at uh, sorry, golf? Japa. Like you're really good at uh, hockey and baseball? No, I'm like a... So how would you tier those three activities for yourself? Okay, hold on, hold on. We'll come back to this right okay. now. All right, we'll we circle back before, like, before, before I, before I uh, get off topic again. <laughs> Anyways, where I was going with this is if you hit a hole-in-one at this specific Sherwood Ford hole on the 29th of August at the third annual Oilers Nation Golf Classic. At Cougar Creek Golf Course. At Cougar Creek Golf Course. Gorgeous course, by the way. Gorgeous I haven't played course. there in about a year and a bit. It's beautiful. Where would, you, where would you rank it on your favorite? No, nope, no, nope, we're going back. <laughs> so where I was going, going with this, this we are is, back. Is you, if you hit a hole in one on that specific hole, you will win the nation truck and Tyler's in the nation truck, you get him to. Sweet. So try and, and hit, go on the try and hit there, a hole Tyler. in one and you'll get this vehicle. You steal Jay's truck. So you should start practicing right now. You have a little over a month. Go and hit some drives. There's try a couple teams left, one. eh? Yeah, there's spots left if you want to get involved in the tournament. Sherwood Ford wants to give away this car away for free so truck. bad. Truck. Vehicle. Truck. Uh, truck. Tank. Whip. Truck. We'll call truck. it... Um, truck. Should we call it a truck. truck? Should we call it a tank? Should we call it a unit? It's a unit. It's a it's thick a unit. boy. So it's you a, can win the nation truck at the ON Golf <laughs> Tournament. And all the swagger that Stop comes along. Tyler. Fuck! <laughs> you, must, you must be stopped. Thank you to Sherwood Ford for yes. that. Thank you to Sherwood Ford for sponsoring this That is an incredibly cool thing to do. Sherwood well, Ford's... Sherwood Ford are great people. They're great at vehicles. If you want to go and buy a Sherwood, <laughs> what are you? What are you All right. I, I keep trying to hit the button that gives us like the round of applause. If you're interested, if that you're, this is the one I wanted. If you are in the market for a brand new car. A brand new go car. Go out to Sherwood Park. It is. I don't. I'm not really familiar with Sherwood Park. I know Dan is, but I'll give an explanation. If you go down Baseline and turn left, go down there a little while. It's pretty close to the Costco. So it's maybe you Costco. go and buy a vehicle and then you go to the Costco and you get a hot dog. The Dude, I guarantee you 95% of people have already turned off this podcast. <laughs> this, is a, this is a very long drawn out The address is 2540 Broadmoor Boulevard in Sherwood Park. Follow Sherwood Ford at Sherwood Ford the Giant yep. on Instagram. There you go. And at Sherwood Ford on Twitter. Yep. Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Got him. There we go. Bingo. Longest ad read ever yeah getting a yeah, uh, yeah. having uh having me do that was a, a bad uh, call just a colossal error that's yes. okay that's okay you, you know you got to shoot your shot all right let's get it back just to like the hockey talk we we're going back. to the whole one <laughs> from sure before all right so this week uh huge news other than the james neal news was the announcement of our third and probably final assistant head coach brian wiseman oh the wise man Tyler, Tyler, not a big fan of 
assistant coaches, hates coaches in general. They always tell him to get off it's, the ice. It's such a hard thing to talk about. Like It is. We've, we've seen so many assistant coaches come through the door here, and we always talk like, okay, this guy is going to teach our defensemen how to move the puck, and then nothing changes. I don't know how much of an effect an assistant coach actually has. Positive or negative, like Brian Wiseman might be a really good guy. This might really, really work out for the Oilers. But at the end of the day, the success is making the playoffs. They are not making or missing the playoffs because of Brian Wiseman. No. They're not making or missing the playoffs because of Archie Henderson or Tyler Wright. Like It's long-term stuff that you have to look at, and we aren't peering behind those doors. We're not in those meetings. We don't know who's saying what. We don't know who Brian Wiseman is talking to. We don't know why they kept Glenn Gullitson even, right? Like There's just... So many things that go on that we don't know that I feel like sitting and dissecting an assistant coach hire is just like, meh. It's overkill. Objectively, so yeah. I think that we kept Glenn Gullitson for the stick flip, and that's the only reason. And um, we brought in Jim, Play- Jim Playfair for the meltdowns. Yep. Because as we know, he had a, he absolutely lost it. But we're also trying to take the Calgary Flames, just like absorb them into the city, right? Yes. So we've got Gullitson, we've got Neil, Neil we've got Russell. Chris Russell, former Flame. So the others have now made three trades with the Calgary Flames. Three trades yeah. all time. They traded steady Steve Steos there in 2009. They traded uh, steady Last Laddie Schmid. <laughs> steady Laddie Schmid there, and I think that must have been, what, 2013? Yeah. Something like that. And then they traded steady Milan Lucic there. They also made a smaller deal for goalies, right? No, that was part of the Schmid trade. They yeah, sent uh, Olivier and Wall. And, and Brossois and Roman Horak. Roman Horak, who they still own his rights in Europe. They do. He's coming back, baby. What if he's the the winger scoring depth? That we're Who would you rather have on your roster next year, Roman Horak or Gaten Haas? Ah, uh, probably Gaten Haas because like we kind of know that Roman Horak's not an NHL player. We don't know that for sure with uh, Gaten Haas. So, you know who else is still an Edmonton Oiler? One Jesse Pugliarvi. Thoughts? I don't know. That was a really Ooh. bad segue. Yeah, was a terrible um, segue. Yeah, really caught me out of nowhere on that. Um, <laughs> he still is an Edmonton Oiler. I heard uh, Ken Holland talking to Tom Gazzola earlier in the week on the radio. Um, it sounds like Ken Holland is perfectly okay holding on to him. And he even kind of said, like, if there's a deal that makes sense for the Oilers, he'll do it. If not, that Jesse has the decision to make. Does he want to be an Oiler or does he want to go to Europe? And honestly, there's still a part of me that thinks if it comes down to that decision... I think Jesse's back in camp. Oh, absolutely. There's no way. How can you give up NHL paychecks? When does when does this ever happen? Like, when does a player say, like, you know, a player like Pooley who has, like, very little leverage and has accomplished very little in the NHL. Like, you saw it last year, like, William Nylander. That was so shocking. Yeah. It was, it was odd to see a player hold out like that. And he didn't play anywhere else because, you know, there's always there's always the risk of injury, right? So, like, say you're, say you're Paul Yarby and you go and you play in Finland and you suffer a terrible injury, then, like, what have you done to your earning potential? And you lost six hundred to $900,000 yeah, exactly. on your deal. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all. you don't get all. paid that much in Finland. It's not like a, a league that's paying you, like, millions of dollars by any stretch of the imagination. So it, it, it would just be so shocking to see. Like, if, if you're a player like Nylander, or we might see it with Mitch Marner this year, if you're a player with that kind of leverage, then okay, fair enough. But if you're Pugliarvi and you have like 10 career goals, then what are you doing? Fair. Prove, prove, like, I don't know, like prove everybody wrong. Raise your trade value. Then The only way I can like kind of see his perspective is if the rumors about like the Oilers skilled sentiment being like, no, I'm not playing with him are true. And you feel like you're in the room and everyone in that locker room just like fucking despises you and hates you. 
That's the only way that would really make any sense at all, right? Is if he honestly feels like he's just going to come back, sit in the locker room, get healthy scratched every single game because no one wants to play on his line and rot out for another season. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, uh, I'll just put the disclaimer out there. I am the farthest thing from an insider that you've ever met or heard of in your life. I have heard that a deal may come through in the next week or so, and we're not going to like it. But that's... That's just complete hearsay. It's it's summertime. It's rumors. It's you know whatever. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. It's it's like Panda Watch from Anchorman. Yeah, just day fifty four. I get the sense that even if Oilers fans, if the if the deal, if Oilers fans don't like the deal, it's probably because it's for a draft pick, right? Yeah. Like if it's for any sort of prospect that's had marginal success in the American Hockey League, I think Oilers fans will kind of be like, all right, let's see what this guy can do in our top six now, right? I mean, if it's some BS, like another team's version of Cooper Marodi, you're probably a little pissed off too, yeah, that, but that's you know what I mean, right? You're talking about a future platinum artist in Cooper Marodi. Have you heard his new song yet? Yeah, I listened to it. Is it good? I haven't listened. It's not really my thing. Is it's it country? Fine. It's country it's, uh, it's that kind of thing. Uh, it's, like, it's like Taylor Swift country. We should have Coop on, chat about it. Maybe you can uh, play the acoustic guitar on the podcast for us. Maybe. I'll hold maybe, my mic uh, up to it. You could produce some beats over there on a little gadget. It would be cool to hear from him. I like one other thought that I have on the Pulley Arby trade, and I tweeted about this when it happened. Is when um, wait the trade happened? No, when the when the uh, Blackhawks and Sabers linked up, and they did that uh, that trade, the Alex Nylander one, yep. and they got a uh, Joki Haru, the defenseman, who's good. He had a, like a really solid showing in his rookie year. Played about forty five games, produced offense, really good underlying numbers, and and albeit a sheltered role, and that's what. Buffalo managed to get for Alex Nylander, who objectively is bad. Like his numbers in the AHL are, you know, underwhelming. He's he was what a uh, he was drafted two years before Pulleyarvi was. So, I yeah, mean, this is what you're getting for a player who's much further along on like bus territory than Pulleyarvi is. Why why are our aspirations for a Pulleyarvi trade so low? Yeah. I think that's a good point too. Why have we just talked ourselves into expecting to get back Cooper Marodi's somebody some other franchise version of Cooper Marodi? I think the Boy easy Ed. answer to that is, is that because we have nothing else to base it off of. We're All so we've jaded. watched is so yeah oh yeah and that's and it, you know what it, like it, to me it's not unfair. All we've ever watched is all of our guys, Jordan Everly go out for Ryan Strom. Yeah. You know, like all the guys that we had a lot of hope and promise for either flame out completely because we waste them, Neil Yakupov, or you know, Justin Schultz traded for nothing. Uh, Devin Dubnik cast off, and then he goes and figures out his game. Jeff Petrie. Yeah. The only one they did well on is they switched Pugliarvi, and they got David Perron. You mean Pugliarvi? Sorry, Pugliarvi. It's 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 yeah. Hard. And then I they really flip. want them both to come onto this team so that play by hey, play Magnus Pugliarvi is a free agent. Here. I would really like that addition if they would have went out and got Magnus Pugliarvi. I think he's a good NHL I think player. He's still available. He's still he right now. But you, I, could, you could get him on the cheap. I think it would have been like a instead of Archibald, you yeah. sign type of thing. I don't think they have much more room for that kind of guy, but I agree with you. Maybe Coop. you sign Pyarvi and throw him on the blue line. It's a great skater. Maybe part of the reason why our expectations are so low for a Yesa Pugliarvi trade is because like his agent has been running around talking and it's been so public that it's been bad and like such a national media type of thing where you turn on Sports Center and it's like, oh, here they are talking about Yesopoli RV. Whereas with, 
Alex Nylander, it was kind of more of like Even a, if nobody knew he was going to get traded. It kind of came out of nowhere. It did. It came out of nowhere. No one, I mean, you kind of got the feeling he was unhappy, but there was never anything in the public. Like, oh, Buffalo was looking to deal him this week. Whereas no, with never. the Oilers, everyone knows they need to trade Puglia Yarvi because he's not happy with there. With that in mind, it's like kind of uh, in the situation of the agent, it's like, what are you trying to accomplish here? Nothing. The agent needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight up, and it's and it's not fuck him up, Dan. It's not to be. It's not to be mean to if Jesse. You don't stop talking, Dan's gonna kick your ass. I feel bad. I feel bad for Jesse because because it it by proxy just drags him down into the mud. And Oiler fans do not do not like when when you when you do this kind of stuff. And so it's not playing well for him. Anytime we mention Pulyar, oh, you got that really negative comments. It's just, Which, it's, it's not ugly. his fault. I mean, you gotta, you it's gotta, not his fault at all. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put yourself in the kid's shoes, man. Like he's, he's having a bad time. He's from and Finland, and it's not working out. Like you, he sees his career evaporating right in front of his eyes. And I think that's the, and I think we've we've seen it already with Neil Yakupov. I'm not saying that Pulyarvi is Yakupov, playing wise, but uh. when, when everybody was, everybody was very, um, very pro Neil Yakupov until yeah. Yakupov's agent opened his mouth. He comes out and he says that he wants out. He wants a new, you know, wants a fresh start. Which, like you said, Coom, it's not unfair. It's not no. unheard of. I have no qualms with. I have, yeah, exactly. I have no qualms with Pugliarvi wanting out. He's a kid. It's not from here. Doesn't like the environment. It's not working out. Fair enough. You have agency as you know a worker to want that. But for the agent to go out there and kind of just gutter any possible trade value he has, he wants his player to get traded. But you're making it so difficult for Ken Holland to do it because every time Ken Holland picks up the phone with a different GM and is like, hey, let's talk Pugliarvi, the other, the other GM is thinking, okay, then I'm going to trade you either my bust or like my scraps because I know this guy wants out and you're dealing with potentially him playing in Europe this year. And you, mm-hmm. you, don't, you, don't have, like, you don't have any leverage. The agent who handled their player being disgruntled really well is Jerry Johansson with the Lucic thing. Behind closed doors, we know that Milan said he wanted out. He wanted a fresh start. His agent communicated that with the Oilers, obviously. But when he would go on Stoff's show, when he would go on the radio, when he'd do interviews, he would say, no, he did not request a trade. We are not requesting a trade. Even though... He just shut it down. Anyone with any sense of the issues there would have been like, "He's he wants out. He wants a fresh start. And that's what Pugliarvi's agent should have done. You sit there, you go to the team and say, trade us this summer or else, honestly, we might go to Europe. And if little rumors start tweaking out through whatever insider, then you come out, you do an interview with whoever in the local media, and you say, no, our my player and my client is perfectly happy coming back to also, Edmonton next season. this agent is also the agent of Miko Koskinen, who got a nice fat deal from the Edmonton Oilers. So maybe given the fact he made some nice coin off of the Miko Koskinen contract, he should be doing the Oilers a solid so rather than trying just, to fuck him over. He's mad that Pete left before he could get him to sign I think Jesse's deal. I, I actually have quite a bit of faith in Ken Hall in navigating this situation, which is why I don't really actually expect to see a Pugliarvi trade this summer. I think, um, so one thing to consider is a couple of years ago, we had the Jonathan Duran situation in Tampa Bay, right? So, you know, Duran ripped up juniors in his draft plus one year, and then he came up. Tampa Bay didn't really do all that well. And the following year, he was back in the AHL. He didn't like it. He wasn't happy. He didn't report, asked for a trade, sat out. Steve Eiserman didn't trade him made him wait for a little while. After the trade deadline, when the deal wasn't made, he reported to the Lightning's AHL team, really killed it down the stretch for them, earned himself a call-up to Tampa Bay at the end of the year, played in the playoffs, rebuilt his value, and then he ended up getting traded on, on over a year later to the Canadiens' hometown team. That's where he wanted to be. Everybody won. Tampa Bay got Mikhail Sergachev. Good trade for both sides. Good result for Jonathan Duran. 
Steve Eiserman learned from Ken Holland. I won't say that like everything Steve Eiserman knows is just a result of having Ken Holland explain things to him, but they're cut from the same cloth in regards to patient. They're not going to get pushed around by a player. Yeah, and I actually think that's a great point is when Oilers fans are maybe a little bit worried about what they might get back for JP, just look at how ugly, ugly, ugly that situation in Tampa Bay That got. was brutal. Alan was Walsh awful. did a lot of, uh, his agent did a lot of like public bad, not bad mouthing, but like he wants out. Yeah, and it like, was very public. You forget about the whole not reporting and all that. Like, there's never been a point in this where Yes has been like, I am not going to Bakersfield or I am going home for the rest of the season. Granted, he was injured and all that too, but like, there's never been a point where it got to the Druan level and they made out really, really good in that trade. I mean, Druan had a 20 goal season under his belt by the time they did decide to deal him, but still, they got Sergachev and a pick, I believe. In that deal, yeah, Sergachev, uh, in his in his first full year, put up forty points as a blue liner, put up thirty two points. Bit of a sophomore slump this year, playing in a smaller role. But like, if you're Tampa Bay, like you like having Sergachev in the mix. I think my thing with the agent was when his comment his comment that came out where he said, "I have no filter." Do you know who does have filters? That's skip the dishes. When you search out your food, is that is that a bag milk? Segway? That was so good. bad. You can oh, never, on, you can terrible. never make fun of old bag milk ever again with his segways because that was ridiculous. All right, fair enough. Absurd. But you can use their filters to search out whatever kind of cuisine you're looking for. Can you really, Coom? What are you, what are you craving right now? Honestly, I'm like so hungry right now. But I just got dental work done. What'd uh, you got, get done? Um, they did kind of like a like a like nope. Nope, we're gonna go back to the. They went into deep kind of food. They went and kind of ripped a bunch of plaque off of my teeth. Oh. Okay. And so uh, what they did kind the of fluoride craving, thing, good. so now my mouth kind of tastes like cement. And they say you can't eat anything for an hour, and after that's finished, that's yeah. the worst time. It's been right about there. forty-five minutes, so fifteen minutes from now, I can grab something deep. I'm starving right now. What style of cuisine would you like? Um, I'm I'm kind of in the mood for a sandwich. That's why I'm looking ooh. on their sandwiches. I actually, menu. yeah, there you go. sandwich would be great. Chimmy's neighborhood. I would love pub. some noodles. And they list out the best option according to their fancy. Special proprietary only rating system. Oh, right and here on the uh, right here on the website, they have a picture of a Wendy's Baconator. What what website is that, Coom? Skipthedishes.com. Uh, they got a picture of sandwiches here. They got a, you can they get a big picture of a Wendy's Baconator. I'm a oh. big, big fan of that. It looks good. All kinds of stuff. It's making me a lot hungry, and I'm already hungry. You can download this thing on the App Store. You can download it on Google Play if that's what kind of thing you're all about. How do they download it on an Android? What's the thing called? Use an Android? Android? Yeah, Use it's an Android it's Android. called the the Google Play Store. Oh, that is that Google Play Store. Yeah. Thanks to skipthedishes.com for bringing you the ON Radio podcast. Now, boys, it is the summer. The news cycle is slow as we talked about Jesse Pugliarvi watch for the 54th day in a row. Um but one of our uh, one of our friends of the nation Game Time Art, who is the managing editor of uh, Jets Nation and contributes contributes across the network. He's written a couple things for me at allwrestling.com. Uh, his tweet went viral this week. It's one of those silly games that we can play where everybody gets to compare their lineups and see who has the most success available to them in the fantasy matchup <laughs> of their choice. I'm interested to see which one this is because I have beef with one of them. So this is the one where you take the best hockey player born on your birthday... And they have to score a penalty shot to save your life. The goalie that you're facing is the goalie of the Stanley Cup champs the year you graduated high school. So mine is... Uh, what year did you graduate high school? Uh, 2015. Okay. 
So the Blackhawks Stanley Cup win. So it was Corey Crawford. It's Corey Crawford. Was it Corey Crawford or Scott Darling? It was Crawford. Okay. So my player that needs to score on Corey Crawford to save my life When's is October 15th. Brock Nelson. Okay. That's rough. So That's this feeds, awful. I'm so this dead. feeds into the theory that October birthdays are the absolute worst. Yeah. Because I'm theory. three days later yeah. than you. And my list is a list of players. Like, I, I feel like I have a little bit of hockey knowledge. Like, I know some names. Yeah. I know some general things. My list of players has literally nobody on it that I even recognize. I'm bringing it up here, Coom. But you, so you, do you have yours available there? I have mine available right go now. Go ahead. You want me to go ahead? Do I ever? No, I think I'll save mine for last because it's it's actually really funny with Dan's thing. Okay. Is every single player on the list, you could name every single one of those players and I guarantee that none of our listeners will have heard of those players. Yeah. So so here's my list. I have Mark Alt, Mark uh, Mike Antonovich, Frank Beasler, Connie Forey, Leroy Goldsworth. This is like a pre-World War II shit. Like, it's really bad. There's two names that I think I may recognize a little bit. Norman Mark Alt, I recognize. He played for the Flyers a few years ago. Yeah, he did. He did? That's one of the only ones. Norm Lacombe. Norman Lacombe. If you Lacombe. know who Mark Alt is, you need to go outside. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding. laughs> the best name of all, and actually the highest scorer on my list, is Mush March. That's a great name. Who played for CBH, which I think is the Canadian the Brewhouse Bruce, hockey yeah. team. Yeah, it's the Canadian Brewhouse hockey team. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, is it? Okay. That's what that's what this thing, this website lists. Uh, back in 1908. Normie Lacombe was all right. He was. He was, but Mush March outscored uh, him by Mush quite a March, bit. Yeah. So Mush don't, March. Don't fucking tell me that Normie Lacombe is better than Mush March. You Mush, stupid idiot. Mush March is, uh, <laughs> is shooting out How do you know who Mark Alt is and you don't know who Jim Brown is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's that that's, all about? That's the point. <laughs> um, so my, my, fat, my matchup is Mush March. Shooting on one Nikolai Habibulin of the Tampa Bay Lightning days. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah so, Coom? See, I've got some interesting names here. I got like the highest score for my birthday is a tie between Travis Zajac and Daryl Sador. Just random. Zajac's a fair player. PK Subban's obviously the best player on my, uh, on my birthday, May 13th. And Mark Stone would be up there as well. I've also got Oilers legend Matt Green. But you can ice like a goddamn power play one to go in on yeah. this penalty shot. Yeah, yeah, I got like a whole group. But the number one goal scorer, and this guy's got the most absurd stat line I've ever seen, is Babe Die, who was born in 1898. He scored 203 goals in 272 career games, and he had 50 assists. So this guy what was a goal fuck? scorer. Did he even come back into his own end once? No, that guy just like waited around. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he won the Stanley Cup in 1922 with TRS which is the Toronto St. Patrick's. That was the last time a professional hockey team from Toronto won the Stanley Cup. The old St. Patties, eh? Yeah, the old St. Pats. But this guy, man, he was uh, back in the, back in the, back in the pre, pre-World War I days, he was putting up like 20-some-odd goals, which is crazy. It was him and Punch Broadbent. Guys like that sure. leading the league in scoring. And I think Babe Die would score a goal on Tim Thomas who is the goalie who won the Stanley Cup in 2011 when I graduated high school because Tim Thomas is, you know, he's a lunatic. Yeah. So I, th- so I think we uh, all agree that... I'm fine. Nobody's listening to this podcast anymore. 
Well, People maybe they're playing along at home. They're listening to our mush march conversation. We're talking about hockey players in the early <laughs> 1900s. Someone please give us the sweet release of death. This is nothing is worse than talking about NHL hockey in the middle of July. I want to go outside and sit by an outdoor pool. But, I was but it's a fun game to play. It was a good game. What was, was the other game today? There was another. The other one game. that came out today, and this one might be the one that you have an issue with, Chuck, because you didn't have beef with that one. Yeah. Is uh, It's OT. By the way, the account that tweeted this out is now deleted. So they Wait, must the guy been, deleted his account? He must have been, I think he got suspended like Oilers Nation. Okay. So, uh, so you can't look this up anymore. But uh, it's OT. You have to create a three-player line. Your team is composed of A, a player that is born the same year as you. B, a player who has the name, the same first name as you. And then C, the player who won the Art Ross the year you were born. All right. So... My player from the same year I was born is Connor McDavid. Couple 97 B days. What up? Don't you're not going Mitch Marner? No. That's not fair. I need guys who are going to play, not hold out. Okay. Um, <laughs> and right, then Mitch Paul. Marner has, he has a lot more experience in the playoffs. Thanks, Paul. So Connor the McDavid, player with the same know, name as me the is... The problem with McDavid is... Um, Does Marner have more playoff games played than McDavid? I don't yeah, think so. So the difficulty with Connor McDavid is... He only has nine points in 13 career playoff games. It's not very good. That's 13 yeah. career playoff games, so though. I'm, Marner? Well, they made it three years now, and it was six, seven, and seven, so uh, that would okay. be 20 games. Yeah. Right. Um, so I got McDavid on there for my name. It was a toss-up between Tyler Arneson and Tyler Sagan, so can I went just, with Sagan. Can you just take yourself? I could. I'm good enough. Would you take Would you take yourself over Tyler Sagan? Yeah. Yeah, you would. Um, and I then, would take you over Tyler Sagan. And because. then the Art Ross winner is Mario Lemieux. So I got a pretty good lineup. What year did you graduate? No, it was the year you were born. He was he was born in 97. Art Ross, the year you were born, yeah. Oh, right, when you were born. So 97. I got McDavid, so I got Lemieux, I got Sagan. I and had, not Brock Sagan. So I also was a Mario Lemieux Art Ross birthday. Won the Art Ross in 1993. Um, the other one was the 2011... Uh, it was a player from. It was the year I graduated high school, right? Yeah. Mm, no, it it's a. Oh, it was the, the year bl- I was born. Player born. Oh, it was the a nineteen ninety three birthday, right? My bad. Yeah, it a was player a who has the same first as name as you. Yeah, and for me, it was either Cam Neely or Cam Atkinson, which I had a difficult time picking. I think Cam yeah. Atkinson's a nice little spark plug that can put the puck in the back of the net, but Cam Neely kind of brings out like big dick energy, and he might you know cross check a guy in the face. So in, good. So initially, I just went superstars with this, mm-hmm. but I've changed it up a little bit. So my the player that was born the same year as me is still Evgeny Malkin. Okay. The player who won the Art Rose, Ross the year the I Art was Rose. born, Art Rose, <laughs> is Wayne Gretzky. Won Wayne Gretzky. I don't know if you guys Every, know. That was my beef, though. Like, almost everyone was like, I was Wayne Gretzky. It well, because it's, it's the entire I know. 80s. I know. You don't know how that, old I am. That was my that. beef with it. But yeah, fair enough. And then, but that way everybody feels like they have a chance, right? How about the yeah. player who won the Lady Bing the year you were born? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you had to do. You yeah, had like to do really like... random because winning the Art Ross, man, it's, it's always going to be Gretzky and Lemieux and that always just, it dilutes this thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, is my Gretzky team going to win or is my Lemieux team going to win? Maybe that's why his account is deleted now. Yeah, yeah because he's your an account idiot. Because your hypothetical is kind of dumb. But the last one Pathetic. I chose was Dan Boyle. Why? Coming why? out on the defense. So you got a defensive element there with Gretzky and Malkin. Nah, man, it's three on three. You just pick the best three nah, players and hey. let them wag there. See, but with the Oilers, all you need is is Connor and Drysdale. Damn, what year were you o- born? I'm not going to say. You were born in 86. Wow. You're, um, <laughs> that worked. I remembered because we talked about it earlier today. Your Lady Bing winner in your year was Mike Bossy. So I'm that's what you get instead. Mine was Pierre Turgeon. What year were you born? 93. And Tyler was born in 2007. 
he has Pavel Datsuk. 1997. 1997. 1997, sorry. It's Paul Korea. Ooh, that PK. makes it infinitely more interesting. That does. It does. Bossy, Tergeron, and Korea. It'd be, it'd be interesting if, like, my hypothetical would have been, I like the one where it's a player with the same name as you. Yep. That one can stay. But then That's I because w- you want to pick yourself. Yeah. <laughs> then I would have done... You want to talk about your stats. I would have done Lady Bing winner from the year you were born, and then I would have done Norris winner from the year you graduated high yep. school. And then Selkie winner for the year you lost your virginity. So you need to include some more choices, though. You need, it has to have more choices. Okay, Dan, what year did you lose your virginity? <laughs> so you were born in... 20... <sighs> Come on. Think I don't know. This 20... is just... Well, now we know... 2009? What? 2009. 2009? All right, so you got Pavel Datsik. That's who won the Selkie go. trophy that year. I was... Um, 2010. So I also have Pavel Datsik. What about you, Tyler? Oh my God, he's still a virgin. He can't. <laughs> that is you, you literally you did all that to set up. No, yeah, that you was, can't be a virgin. That was the whole uh, long game. If there. you have a kid already, girl. yeah, I have a kid. You've seen pictures of it online. Um, Twenty fifteen, I think. <laughs> it was a big year for you. Blue Jays graduating high school. It was a wild Blue time. Virginia, you got go Pop, P- Patrice Bergeron. Oh, Bergy. All right, so we're going to do yeah, our... Yeah, he's known uh, as Bergy. So we're going to do <laughs> our... I'm sure as anyone calls him that. So we're going to do our first uh, first time stories now? Go ahead. No, we're not. You lead us off. Let's do it. No, people are not listening to this podcast right. for that. I'm taking over. I'm sending it back to Oilers Talk. Um, Ken Holland, is he done for the summer? Like having sex? <laughs> is that what we're talking about? I don't know what's going on here. What's the conversation? Is Ken Holland done making... <laughs> Well, see now, <laughs> we're talking about those night moves. Is he working on his night moves? Um, oh, I don't think I'll, I'll play along. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical that I once asked Chris, the intern, okay. because Chris is, oh, Chris's no. answer was so disturbing and so weird. And it taught us so much about him as a person. Would you rather wake up and you're 15 years old again? And you travel all the way back in time to when you were 15. So that would have been, what, 2013 for you? But do I have, like, my current brain still? Yeah, everything's the same. You wake up, and it's tomorrow, but it's 2012 or whatever, and you're 15 again. You're going to high school, and you're doing this and that. And, I like, my brain has all my adult knowledge in it, yeah, and, and I'm 15. Yeah, exactly. So you get that. You get to go back in time be 15 again. You have a lot of energy. You can eat a whole McDonald's meal and not feel it the next morning. It's great. Um, <laughs> you can relose your virginity. Or... Well, you just find out that Dan doesn't exist and we've been fucking with you the whole time. <laughs> what would you rather have? Okay. <laughs> well, you're already ahead of Chris because you're Chris thinking about immediately it. immediately said, he was like, Dan. And we were like, what? Like you li- gonna, you're totally okay with just willing Dan out of existence <laughs> just like that. And that's why Chris like, doesn't work here anymore. Okay, but my issue is like, what about all the podcasts I've done with Dan? That's the thing. I'm like just a bag like, of sand. So yeah, like that Dan they have a voice block. Dan wasn't to. there. Maybe we had some mirrors. Maybe it was me doing two voices. Just <laughs> this is the plot to this now you see me fuck. three. This, this is the mind fuck. It's like how did we convince you that Dan exists to the extent where like you know Dan, and that's very Kay. fucked up. Wait. We went to a hockey game one time. We watched Nate. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, can I go back? I'll take going back to 15 years old with one condition. I get my current physical stature. What? 
I've always had this vision in my head of going back to play like Pee Wee baseball and just like murderers row, like striking out every kid. That is sad. You're the guy you you watch. You watch. what was it, Shifley? Just dominate like eight yeah, year olds. That was and you're so like, yeah, funny. Yeah, so funny. And I think that would just be hilarious. Like, go back to play like rec league lacrosse with like 11 year olds and just like mow kids. Not even, not like cross check them and hurt them, but just score like 80 goals a game and be like flipping. This sounds off. like something that happens in like every year's Little League World Series where there's yeah. like some 22 year old on the team. Or that kid that hits dingers. Well, and all like, these hypotheticals. Going on like a tournament with the team and like crushing four dingers, then going and crushing beers with the parents. I mean, like whatever. <laughs> all these great hypotheticals. Sound and all like this. A, have you guys watched Stranger Things season three? No. Did not. Okay. No spoilers. All these great conversations are brought to you by our friends over at Sherwood Ford. Check them out at on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant, or at Sherwood Ford on Twitter. Corio's game day videos are or back in sixty nine days on MySpace. Sherwood Ford, the unit. Yeah. Uh, and as we mentioned before, if you hit a hole-in-one in the Sherwood Ford hole at the ON Golf Tournament on August the 29th, uh, you can win the nation truck from Jay. Jay has to hand you the keys. It'll be a huge ceremony that we have. What'll be really funny is if two people hit the hole-in-one on that hole, and then we have to give away Jay's truck twice, and then they have to have a fight to the death at the gala. We haven't thought about that part, but anyways. Uh, and also, if uh, you still have time to go down to Sherwood Ford uh, at uh, Broadway, Broadmoor Boulevard there in Sherwood Park, Alberta, and check out Ford Employee Price Days. There's still a couple days left, I believe. Let me check my calendar. Yes, July is still going on. It is still Ford Employee Price Days. So go check that out. Visit them at Sherwood Ford. In Sherwood Park. Feels like you're singing me a lullaby. I am. You're staring at me. I'm staring at you. After that, I'm not going to take the going back to 15. I'm going to pretend that you didn't exist. (laughs) Okay. Because that made me uncomfortable. uh, Speaking of hypotheticals and, uh, you know, general thoughts and predictions for next season, one Jason Greger wrote an article this week uh, where he broke down what he thinks Dreisaitl's point totals will be for next year. His total was at 105 for points. Do you guys say over or do you say under on that number? It was absolutely fantastic that Leon Dreisaitl scored 50 goals last year, but 50 goal seasons are very, very, very difficult to accomplish in the NHL for a reason. Not a lot of guys do it. Like, I If he's playing with Connor again, I'd like to think that he will and he can just repeat the 50 goals, 55 assists for 105 points. But I worry that expecting that from Leon Dreisaitl is setting you up for just a little bit of a disappointment. Like, I, I think next year he could be a 40 goals, 50 assists, 40 goals, 60 assists, even if Connor does more goal scoring. But I think going into next year, I mean, like, Leon's going to score 50 again. Book it is just like, it's setting you up for a little bit of a disappointment. I think one thing that's a little jarring going into next season is we look at stuff like, Oh, okay, we got uh, James Neal instead of Milan Lucic. That's like 10 goals extra right there. We got, um, fuck, I don't know, like Grandland and this. and uh, Like all these areas where you're like, oh, that's a 3-4 goal like, improvement. Oh, yeah, that's we a 3-4 goal instead improvement. instead of Toby Reader. Or, uh, what's his fuck? The Archibald guy they signed from Phoenix. Yeah, uh, yeah Thomas Yurko. Right? Thomas Yurko. There's two goals right there. And it's like, okay. But 
Expecting Drysdale to score 50 goals again, there's no way. Expecting Chase on to score almost 25 again, there's no way. Like, I think you've got to account for those two guys regressing a bit. It'd be great if they do it again, and I'm not saying they can't or they won't, but you need to expect a little bit of regression. I think the positive thing there is that it won't be, it shouldn't be as expected of them this year, hopefully, knock on wood. Yeah. You know, that we've brought in enough talent that they can overtake, you know, if Drysaddle scores 40 goals this year, we can still be happy with that because James Neal has covered that 10 goals spread there. Like, it's just, there's a, there should be, I come back to it every week, I think, but where Gregor wrote that article about how our bottom six was the worst in NHL history since they started writing down numbers on pieces of paper. Like it's, it's, uh, it was, it was something to behold. So, so hopefully it's not needed of him to get 50 goals again this year. And like you said, it, it just, it puts us into a, another a thing. Spot. We haven't really touched on this yet today on the podcast, but Troy Tulowitzki retired today. Yeah. Would you, Troy Tulowitzki? would you still make that trade in 2015? Oh, we're gonna transition this very abruptly to Toronto yes. Blue Jays talk. I was just I was staring at my screen. And everyone's everyone's retweeting yeah. old July twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen stuff. I'm just seeing it happen. And I'm like, oh man, that was a well done. Okay, so what was the? F- it was Kendall Graveman. No, no, that was the Donaldson trade. It, it was, was the Donaldson, Jose yeah. Reyes. Yeah, uh, Jeff Hoffman, who was the okay. number one pitching prospect at the time. Um, that reliever, uh, Castro, and then another guy who was... Isn't like Castro now in Baltimore? Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. He's their de facto closer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I still do. I still do. Do, you think, do you think they they, they have the finished the 2015 season they do without Troy Dolowitzki? No, I don't, I don't think you I don't can. Think so I don't think you can say that either. He wasn't that good, but I think he brought like a really like a, a, a stable yeah. presence to the team. And like he did have some big hits still mixed into there. I would I would make that deal. I'd make the David Price deal again. Easy. I would do all that. Like it's the same thing with the Kawhi Leonard argument and all of that. Oh, where you go on a run. In the Raptors' case, they did win it all. In the Jays' case, even though they didn't win, like you captivated a nation for that run. You had so many franchise-defining moments within those playoff rounds. The Edwin home run in the wild card game. Jose's walk or home. Run in the seventh, the bat flip, all that stuff. Like the Josh Donaldson dash to home to win you that series. Like there's so many of those. And to relate it back to the Oilers, if the Oilers are at the deadline this year and they are tied for the final spot in the Pacific and they gave up a first round pick and they go in there like we're trading Ethan Bear and we're trading Kyler Yamamoto and you give up those big assets and load up, but you go on a magical run to the cup final. It's doable. You're like not. We saw. Com- we saw. Lewis do it last year. It is. If you if get Mike Smith gets hot, or Koskinen goes I on one of his ten fifteen games, I don't think. I don't think the Oilers are that far away from what St. Louis is right now. They're not. I don't think they're that far. You need a goalie to come out of nowhere. I was just gonna say you need heroic goaltending. You need heroic goaltending, and that's obviously. what they got. Nobody, nobody, not a single soul predicted Jordan Binnington was going to accomplish. Untrue. No, that Soul City guy, Tony X. Tony X. He called that's it. True. He's like, he did. we're gonna have, we're gonna have Tony X or Tony X. We're gonna have uh, Binnington come in here, and we're gonna go to the Cup. Yeah, that's he t- he insane. tweeted, which is but ridiculous. I think he, was, he wasn't actually predicted. Like, no, there was no enough. analyst or anyone yeah. like. Worth their weight that was sitting there being like, Oh, Binnington well, can step in because he's cle- a big boy, too. He clearly, yeah, he he's is. absolutely worth his weight, just like I am. But like, Binnington cleared through waivers that's a great point. A year from now, we could be looking at Miko Koskinen and being like, Man, he went out over the offseason and he fixed his game, he figured out his glove hand, he learned the positioning that comes with playing in the NHL on a more regular basis. I'm just saying, in the playoffs, the things that win you a lot of rounds are good goaltending. One line and a power play. Depth Those two, three. Depth two. You got to give you got to give credit to your Remchuk here. Started in a baseball conversation. He didn't skip a beat. I thought it was the year the Florida Marlins won the World Series. 
What? And uh, and now we're back to hockey. You thought, what was the other Marlins won the World Series? I just, I don't know. I don't know who won the World Series in 2015. It's because I'm a Blue good Jays. broadcaster. There you go. The Blue Jays won the World Series in 2015. They would have if Ben Revere didn't have that atrocious Actually, strike Actually, another fun on. thing to talk about is um, Blue Jays related is apparently before they acquired Ben Revere, they were working on a deal to acquire Ichiro from Miami. And some things didn't work out. Miami wanted certain prospects. They did for Ichiro and they used those prospects in the David Price trade so they couldn't execute that. So they used the leftover prospects they had to get Ben Revere who was their fallback net. But could you imagine in game six, that at bat, Ben Revere, when he strikes out, Wade Davis, if he had Ichiro batting instead. Yeah, the Jays would have a World Series championship hanging in the rafters up at the dome. Exactly. And would the Raptors have mattered that much this year? And then would they have even felt the pressure to go after Kawhi yeah. Leonard because the city would have already had a championship. But and how the, does this affect the Leafs? The Leafs would, are still bad. Would the Leafs have caught in fever from the Jays that year and would they have gone out and made some crazy trades and would Mitch Marner not even be here? He would not have even been conceived. And on that note, we're going to wrap up episode 40, 50, 40, 45 mm-hmm. of the ON Radio podcast. A huge thanks going out to our sponsors, if they're still our sponsors after this episode, after the longest reads ever. Uh, Sherwood Ford, at Sherwood Ford on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram, and skip the dishes. Skip the dishes.com, download the app, go get some food now. Thanks, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.